Yeah, it wears you down over time because mm-hmm. you see that brand over and over and over again and your brain becomes accustomed to the brand and you're more likely to make a purchase because you feel more comfortable with the brand than you did 10,000 views ago. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson, and on this episode of Getting Money Right, we're going to talk about marketing and how it affects your spending, because let me tell you, it sure does. (laughs) It really does, yep. You know, today I woke up and my wife reminded me something I did not know, which was that it's Amazon Prime Day. Now, that's Mm. not the day we're broadcasting this podcast, but it's the day we're recording it. Yeah. And it's interesting because I woke up needing nothing. I didn't have anything that I thought, well, I need to buy something today. And she tells me about it. And I think, hmm, is there anything that I need? Well, no, I already said I didn't. But then I started perusing the website and trying to figure out, is there something that I want? And sure enough, I found a few things that I couldn't live without. Uh, What's interesting about that is that there's always a reason to spend. And there's always a marketing tool out there or a message that's going to get your attention and wants to make you spend money. Yeah, that's right. I didn't know it was Amazon Prime Day either. (laughs) And so when you told me about it, Leo, the first thing I did was open up my browser and Mm -hmm. go look at Amazon and see, oh, what can I purchase? And so you wake up without a need, but all of a sudden marketing has sparked something inside of you. I even got to see uh, some Cyber Monday ads on, it was a pop-up ad on a web browser I was reading an article maybe in like Newsweek or something and Cyber it came Monday up in July. Cyber Monday in July. <laughs> and it's just, it harkens back to Cyber Monday works after Thanksgiving. That's right. So why not use that marketing tag to get people in July to jump on and find something to buy? Yeah. And so uh, in that moment, I there was something inside of me that said, oh, I know those are good deals after Thanksgiving. I yeah. wonder if they're as good deals today. Yeah. Uh, but then just my own personality, I said, nope, shut that off yep. and I'll go, I'll go Good after Thanksgiving, but not today, not today. Now I did have this thought because, you know, my wife and I put together a Christmas or a yeah Christmas budget. So we save every month for it. So we're in the seventh month of the year. So we have more than half of what we normally spend for the year set aside. So as I'm looking at these cyber deals, uh, I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder if there's maybe a Christmas gift that we can buy yeah, yeah now absolutely. Right. for our grandkids or maybe my son-in-laws. And sometimes that does help out because you may not be thinking that way, but if a deal does come along and companies are using marketing to draw us in at times when their sales are not as good as they want them to be. Right. Of course, that's always, right. but you know, mid-year, you know, right now the, the reports for the second quarter are coming in and everybody's predicting they're going to be lower than what it was first quarter. So obviously these companies are looking and saying, how can we bump this up? How can we keep the profit going and the uh, the sales going? And so they're going to find gimmicks or ways to draw you in to spend at a time when you're not normally thinking about spending. Yeah, that's right. I, I was just perusing through you know Newsweek and had this ad pop up. And I can think of on Facebook the other day, mm-hmm. looking through and just scrolling through the feed and seeing an ad pop up. And 
and we're now more connected than we've ever been. That's true. And we can talk to anybody from across the globe. We can have face-to-face conversations. We can have our lives connected in an instant. Uh, These great social media platforms have made it so easy to stay connected, and advertisers know that that's where we're going. Uh, They use those places where we hang out to entice us to buy products. Uh, And so I, I actually looked up a few quotes from... Um, executives who sell for a living. Uh, This is one from a Lehman Brothers executive. He says, we must shift America from a needs culture to a desires culture. Mm -hmm. People must be trained to desire, to want new things, even before the old have been entirely consumed. Right. Right. (laughs) We must shape a new mentality in America. Uh, A man's desire must overshadow his needs. Mm. That's from an advertiser. That is the the new deal that advertisers want to sell us is that we should have so much desire that it overshadows our needs. Mm. Uh, Here's another one from another ad agency executive. It's generally understood in our industry, that is ad agencies selling, Mm -hmm. that we aren't fulfilling wants and needs. We are creating them. Wow. A new product first needs to create a market for itself and then it can be sold. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible, right? Well, some of the biggest companies today are advertisers. For example, Google, Facebook, you know, we think these are search engine. Maybe they started out that way, but they've become the place where people go to find the information to everything. Yeah. And so those are the perfect places for these advertising companies to market their yep. products to yeah. us. I remember when I was a mechanic at American Airlines, a friend of mine who was interested in marketing came to me, and my sister was a realtor at the time. She had just gotten her real estate license, and she she was looking to advertise in these uh, I don't know if you remember this far back, David, but they used to have these books that you could pick them up at a grocery store where they listed oh. the homes yeah. and with the price of the home. And yeah, was just I a do vaguely of, remember. Yeah. yeah, well, he was so kind of ahead of his thinking back then that he was saying, you know, if, if realtors would advertise online their homes and put, you know, maybe pictures of the houses, they might get better business. Yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking... That's kind of stupid. Like, who, would do that? <laughs> who would actually do that? Who would, who would look yeah. at a house online? And now it's like virtual tour. You don't even leave your home until you've seen 90% of that home. Right, right, right. absolutely. So it's amazing what the technology is that's come along to help us to do what we want to do better. But it also has a negative side, which is that we're constantly bombarded with messages that, as you said in some of these quotes, it makes us dissatisfied and creates needs in us yeah. that weren't previously there. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, I think that's unbelievable what you said earlier, Leo, that some of the biggest companies in the world today, mm-hmm. like Google and Facebook, they are advertisers. Yep. That's what they that's, do. That's how they make the big money. They they use data to draw people to ads that are going to work on those people. And that, that just blows me away. I mean, I, I love Google. I use Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to realize that that company is not a search engine company. It's not even a technology company. 85% of its revenue mm-hmm. comes from ads. That's right. That's a marketing company. That's interesting. So marketing does work. Uh, it's as simple as you and I watching TV and seeing something that we've never thought of before and now having a desire to purchase it. Uh, you could be watching TV and just seeing somebody else's lifestyle. It's not even a commercial, mm-hmm. but you see the lifestyle that someone is leading And it causes you to want to match that lifestyle. It causes a discontentment to grow in you. And you have peer pressure. Uh, You have peer pressure from social media. I mean, there's all these things that just kind of well up inside of us from the landscape of media that we consume. 
And it causes us to want something we don't have. Mm -hmm. And we have to realize that a lot of times this isn't just a natural force. Uh, It is being driven by somebody's agenda. And the lifestyle that you're seeing is often put there on purpose, even on television shows. Uh, I love to spot product ad placement and call it out when I'm watching something. I was watching the new uh, Spider-Man movie Mm -hmm. and they pull up in their fancy car and the, the brand is clearly stated the angle, the angle is perfectly on the brand before you see the rest of the car, before you see the person getting out of the car. Like it's a a full on product placement in, in one of your favorite movies. Right. (laughs) You know, what's interesting about that is that you, because you have been in marketing, that's your background. You see that probably more than most people. Yeah, yeah. Because you're aware of that. You that's that was part of your job to think through. Okay, how how do we market to these people with the different things that you were doing? But unfortunately, most people are not aware. Right, right. It's it's a subliminal message that's coming in. I'm seeing this brand. I'm seeing the Coke bottle. I'm seeing the the fizz of the you know everything is done on purpose. Mm-hmm. They don't just put together and show a label. Mm-hmm. They show a label and the way they do it, the way they do the marketing, is to entice you not only boldly in front, but also to somehow bring about this message almost secretly so that you are not even aware that you begin to desire these things. Right. So when right. it's time for you to pull the trigger, your defense is so down that you're already, <laughs> you're toast. I mean, you're going to buy that thing or you're going to purchase that item. Yep. I think the one area we cannot ignore is the social media platforms that have developed. As you said, David, most of these make the majority of their income from advertising. And we have to look at this and say, okay, how is that impacting us? Because we are connecting on a daily basis. People spend hours on social media every single day. And originally, those platforms were made in a way, or at least we thought they were. They were right. made for us to stay connected with our families. You know, I can literally keep up with people that are uh, more than 6,000 miles away. And I can see what's going on in their lives. I can see what they're reading. I can see what their family's up to. And that's really, really a good, good thing. I I love that I can stay connected with people from so far away. But at the same time, on that platform, every other feed or so, I can see something that's related to somebody selling me or trying to sell me something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that that cannot be lost on us, that so much of that engagement that we have in social media is exposing us to not only the straight-up advertising, but also other people that are advertising their life by what they're spending right where they're going what they're doing and all of that has a a price right and then it creates what we had uh, talked about earlier which is fomo oh fear yeah of missing out look at them they went to, on a hawaiian vacation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i have been to hawaii in 20 some years so gosh i want to go back and now I'm looking for deals. I'm starting yeah. to search flights yeah. and see, can I go in a few weeks? Can I go at Christmas time? Can I find a deal sometime? So we have to be careful. Uh, there was a study recently done. Actually, it was at the beginning of this year by Charles Schwab. And it was called the 2019 Modern Wealth Survey. And according to the survey, three in five Americans pay more attention to how their friends spend compared to how they save. Right. So they spend more time looking how they spend than how they save. And this is mainly on social media, right? Where do we know whether people are spending or saving? Right. Because they're not going to come to our house and say, hey, by the way, we, we just saved $1,000 this month. No, right. They're going right. to show us the stuff they bought. Right. And most of that we see really just by watching the media feed. We see where they are, what they're buying. And it creates this fear of missing out. Yeah. So That's interesting to me, Leo. I've never thought about that. But 
I usually post about either objects or travel destinations mm-hmm. or I mean, obviously I post about just spending time with Ashley, yeah. but, um, but I never post about how much I put into my 401k that month. <laughs> I <laughs> never post don't. about, you know, paying off debt. I mean, at this point, you know, paying down on the mortgage. Hey, this month we paid off this much principal on our mortgage. Right. I never post about that. I think it'd be a great thing to do. That would be kind of funny. We should we do that. We right? should do that a few times, Leo, and just <laughs> yeah. to see what people do. They would probably think we're the weirdest people. <laughs> Yeah, they probably check us out and figure out what makes these guys tick. Well, we should totally different than everybody else. Yeah, as a form of marketing for this episode, we should post some savings, like personal savings <laughs> statistics, and say if you want to learn more, it. listen to why we did this. Yep, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so that cracks me up. Um, but I mean, that's that's so interesting, and it's interesting how much it affects each generation. The more connected to technology a generation gets, how much it affects them. Yeah. Yeah. In this survey, it also says that there was an equal number saying that they are at a loss to understand how their friends are able to afford expensive vacations and trendy restaurant meals they portray on social media. But yet, see, you understand, we're looking at this and seeing how they're spending the money. We're first questioning, how can they afford to do that? Right. But then within us is the same desire. How can we do that? Yeah, yeah. That's what happens when we need to be aware of that because advertising does work. And wherever we hang out, it's going to be part of that platform, part of our viewing. And so I think it's important to be first to be aware of it. And then second, to think about how are we going to actually tackle it? What are we going to do about it? Which we're going to talk about in a minute. So the pressure to spend as a result of social media envy uh, and the desire to not be left out of the experiences that our friends are having is super acute among the Generation Z group. Uh, And I say acute, it's not cute, but it is very strong Mm -hmm. and very um, obvious when you look at Gen Z and really uh, you can step up to the millennial generation, uh, look at the Gen Z, look at Gen Y, and you can see how it's affecting each generation and what that looks like. So let's look at how social media influences spending uh, when we look at it by percentage with all people and Mm -hmm. then by millennials and then by Generation Z and see who is the most impacted by social media on their spending. So in the survey that you referenced earlier, Leo, we see that 35% of people admit that they spend more money they can afford to just to participate in experiences with Mm -hmm. friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's 35% for people in general, but for millennials, it jumps up to almost 50%. Right. So you see a pretty big jump. Millennials are much more influenced to spend money they don't have to have an experience with a friend. Right. Uh, it's a much more social generation to say, hey, it's more important that I spend time with you spending money yeah. than that I stay at home and I don't spend money I don't have. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, and, <laughs> and to, to do it knowing that you're spending more than you actually can afford. Right, and knowing that. So the social pressure that. is so strong for them right. to be engaged in this social but also experience with their friends that they are willing to spend beyond what they can afford. That's right. Uh, to the degree that 48% of them would 48%. actually do it. So, and then 49% said that they were influenced by social media to spend money on experiences. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it, 49% said that they were influenced by social media. 100% of us are yeah. influenced. Yeah. We're all it, influenced it, by it. We're all influenced. Now, it's funny because when you look at all the survey results, it was 34% kind of for the general population right. with almost 50% for millennials. So it's always going to be higher for that next generation because they're spending more time on social media. I'm, I'm a millennial, so I spend more time on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
everyone's influenced by this. Anybody that spent any time, I, I, I even actively notice this as I scroll through Facebook or Instagram or whatever social platform, I can feel the difference inside of me mm-hmm. as I've gone through 10, 20, 30 posts and I have to just stop. Like I have to intentionally say, okay, I'm, I'm done. Like I don't need to keep scrolling through because you're only going to see the highlights from right. somebody else's life. And I mean, funny enough, I typically only post the highlights. And so, you know, I am a part of the problem uh, and you want to share it. It's there to be social and to network and have relationships. So it's not wrong, but you've got to be aware of the mm-hmm. impact it has on your personal finances and on your spirit. Right, exactly. And, and it is not just financial. I think part of what you shared definitely resonates with me. I can be on social media and looking at post after post after post of different people doing different things, and it can make you feel that you're either missing out or that your life is not in. It's not as good. It's not. It doesn't right. compare with right. what they're going through. So, and then the other thing is that you know, you, if you wanted to offer details, it'd be a long post that nobody wants to read. So, <laughs> yeah. even the platforms are designed for highlights. Yes. Twitter, yes. you can only have 120 characters, or whatever right. it is, right? So my point is, you cannot get the true meaning of what's going on in a person's life. And when we get these highlights, we tend to walk away from that thinking that life is perfect. Yeah. They must be doing well financially because look at what they're doing. Right. That creates, unfortunately, the desire for us to experience the same thing. Yep. Even to the degree where we think we're missing out on something. Yep. And before we actually picked up our phone and checked the fo- Facebook or Instagram, whatever, we we're fine. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. nothing There was nothing wrong. I didn't feel like I was missing out. Yep. And yep. all of a sudden, I feel like I'm missing out. So we, I, I agree with you. We're 100% all affected by it. And the marketing strategy that's out there for these companies is that they know that. Yeah. They, they pay these companies to do these surveys, to Billions. find out how we're thinking. Yeah so that they can persuade us to spend. And I'm gonna say this, they're not thinking about our financial well-being when they're doing that. That's not at the top of mind. They just wanna sell their product, as much of it and to as many people as they can. So it's up to us, it's our responsibility to look at this and say, how can we make sure that we don't do what some of the millennials are so prone to do because of the right thing. They wanna be socially connected with their friends, which is a great thing, but is there a way for us to be aware of this advertising and maybe put some things in place that help us to avoid getting caught into overspending, into not saving, and into really just not staying financially wise with all the decisions we make? Yeah, yeah. So we know that marketing works. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that companies spend billions of dollars. Right. Uh, so I think that Procter & Gamble spent over $10 billion on advertising last year. Samsung, $9 billion. Nestle, $9 billion. These companies, yeah. they, they wouldn't spend the money if it didn't work, if it didn't have an impact. So we want to share a few of the common marketing strategies that companies use yeah. so that as you're going throughout your day, you can be looking for those strategies mm-hmm. and actively recognize them so that you don't fall prey to them. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so right. one that I see all the time, especially when you're out shopping, is when you see price anchoring or you'll see an instant markdown. Right. 
And so what's happening here is that a company will list a high price, like let's say it's a piece of clothing, and they say, this is worth $139. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our price is $49. Right. So they've anchored a very high price. So immediately you think that the product is valuable. And when they show you the current price of only $49, you immediately think this is a great deal. It's yeah. an instant markdown. Yeah. I've got to take advantage. I've got to take this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, the piece of clothing probably was never even worth $50 to no. begin with. <laughs> no. uh, but But that would be the actual average sale price. Right. And the original anchored price was just there to cause you to think it was more valuable than it was. Uh, In fact, this act of marketing is so common that in Denmark, they call it deceptive. Mm. And they say it's actually illegal to post a price for something that you haven't sold it for. So if you've never actually sold that piece of clothing for $130, you can't actually ever say that it was worth that. And now it's worth, you know, on sale for $49. We need to I think that's that so here. cool. I think that's so cool. Uh, you have to be honest in at least the anchor price that you put on there. Imagine that cool. honesty in advertising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, only in Denmark, I think. <laughs> um, and then, so that's the first one. The second one is expensive decoys. And I remember I used to work at uh, Blue Mesa, which was a um, it's not a Mexican restaurant, but it's a Southwestern fair. Right. And, uh, and so, it, it, but though it had a lot of things, it had fajitas on your menu, it had enchiladas, it had, um, some similar things, black ad- bean adobe pie. It was a really cool place to work. And one of the things that it was known for was, uh, the bar was just the selection of margaritas that they had. Mm-hmm. And so they, we, I remember this above the bar, uh, there was one bottle of tequila that was over a hundred dollars, uh, for one shot (laughs) and nobody ever purchased that tequila in the five years that I worked at Blue Mesa. Uh, and I was a server and I remember, yeah, I would always ask, Oh, do we ever sell any of those? No. Do we ever sell any of those? No. But the fact that there was a bottle that it was a hundred dollars for one drink, Mm -hmm. it caused the whole venue to feel like it was more, uh, high class. Of course. And when you end up spending $20 on a drink or $30 on a drink, what you end up thinking is, well, at least I didn't spend a hundred dollars. Right. Like That's I'm right. actually being frugal. So when you, it, it's very similar to price anchoring, but it's really just a decoy. It's not even intended to actually sell. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just set there. there to help you compare, so that you think that you're spending yes. what's reasonable. Yes, and what you, what you can afford, maybe. Right. But, but more right. than that, it's yeah, it's a comparison. Why would they even put it out there? Yep. If they never really intended to do that, to, it's taking up shelf space. Yeah, why exactly. would? Why it's inventory? You're you're now holding a yeah. hundred dollar exactly. bottle of Who alcohol. Would do that? Right. In the business, Doesn't make you any don't sense at all. Hang right. on to inventory you right. can't sell. Right. You get rid of it. You move on. Uh, no, they put it there as a decoy. Yeah. To help you think, yeah, I'm in a classy place. They sell a hundred dollar shot of tequila or whatever. Right. And. Yeah, I'm only buying a six or seven or eight dollar drink. Right, and that's a that's a good deal. Yeah, and and you'll see this with uh, high end luxury vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the average luxury vehicle uh, for a certain brand will sell for sixty, seventy, eighty thousand. Yeah. but they will come out with a souped up version for two hundred thousand. Yeah, 
And it causes the brand value to go up. It's like, oh, I, I think of my car like it's that $200,000 car. And at mm -hmm. least I didn't spend two hundred. I only spent sixty. Yeah, if I get the ground <laughs> effects for that car that's worth one hundred and twenty, it could look like the one hundred and twenty thousand right, dollar car, even right. though I only paid sixty. Right. So I got a deal because I bought a sixty thousand. Yes. Yeah, I got a deal. <laughs> and just got the ground effects right. for an extra five. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so that's an expensive decoy, is what I call that. You also see this uh, on lower priced objects, especially at coffee shops, where a small will be five dollars. And a small is usually at the, the, the certain shop. It'd be enough that you would. Yeah, yeah it's, it's an eight ounce drink, right. which is reasonable. But then they would make the medium six dollars, mm -hmm. so it's only one dollar more. Right. And then they'd make the large nine dollars, and so you immediately think, oh, of course I'm not going to get the large. It's way more expensive. Mm -hmm. But to go from a small to a medium, it's only a dollar more yeah. instead of three, four dollars more to go to a large. And so you just think, uh, I'll get the medium because I'm getting a good deal. Right. And they never actually intended to sell the large. Uh, They're they, happy if they do, but yeah. that's not really the point. The, the point, point is to is get to you get from you get the, the small medium. to right. medium. Because yeah. if they sell more mediums, they make more money. Right. And that's exactly. really the point. That extra dollar makes a big difference because yeah. to them, it's not that much of more of a cost. Right. We're talking an extra couple of ounces. Right. Uh, well, and so, and you'll see that with specialty products where, and, and coffee's not a great example because everybody buys different sizes of coffee, but let's say you go and you buy cotton candy. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a general size bag of cotton candy that, you know, that's really all anybody really needs at the fair, mm -hmm. but they'll sell just a slightly larger one for just a little bit more. And then they'll have the giant bag and they never actually expect to sell the giant bag, but the giant bag causes you to feel more comfortable with the medium sized bag. And, oh, I only spent a dollar more and I got way more, you know, product, but the margin for them is huge. And so anyway, it's, yeah. it's just many another examples. marketing example. Yeah, many yep. examples like that. Yep. And then another one is uh, loss leaders. So that is when a company will put up big marketing and advertising for a very inexpensive product mm -hmm. um, or a nice product, but they put a really, really good deal on it. And so it's below market value. You see that and you see, wow, that store must carry things very mm -hmm. cheap yeah. because what they've done is they've put out one product and said, hey, come in, buy this product. It's ex extremely cheap. And they even may lose money on it because they charge so little for it. But once they get you in the store, then they know you're going to walk the aisles and mm -hmm. spend more. And so it's a loss for them up front, but it leads you in to yeah. the store to buy more. So it's a loss leader. Yeah, they, they might lose on that item consistently. Anytime they sell it, they right. lose a percentage, but they're going to make more on the items you're going to buy in addition to that item because it's not the only thing you'll purchase. Most people will not buy that just one item. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's interesting because all of these things, unless you're able to really understand what's going on, you're just thinking, I'm getting a great deal. I mean, I've heard so many times of people spending money and thinking that they actually saved money. Right, There's right. no such thing. If you're <laughs> spending money, people, you're spending money. Right. It's money that's leaving you. It's coming out of your wallet or from your credit card or from your debit card, and it's going. And so it's important to understand all of these tactics uh, are made available from the marketing companies in order, and these companies that are selling these products are doing it in such a way to draw you in and have you spend more money when you're there. That's the whole point. The yep. more they can get, the better fit is for them. Unfortunately, it's, and again, we're not against you buying things that are good for you. Right, right. But it's about having the ability to understand when you're being influenced to buy more than you can or should or more than you can afford. Yeah. Well, they've even gone to the point where uh, there was a famous architect. Uh, his name was Victor Grun. 
or maybe it's Green. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but it's G-R-U-E-N, Victor Grun. And he started making malls with layouts that disorient the visitors mm. and that slow people down in yeah. going through the mall <laughs> with the entire goal of getting you to be a little bit confused and spend yeah. more time in the shopping mall <laughs> and they do it, it at the grocery store. It works because uh, I never know yeah. how to find my way out of a mall. Oh so yeah. I never you don't go to know a where you park. <laughs> right. You don't know where you park. So now you got to walk even more and, and they do it at grocery stores where they'll put the stable goods, the important things like milk at the very back. So you've got to walk through the store because they know you're going to get the milk. Yeah. So now you have to walk through the See aisles the yep. to get there. And so um, this is very intentional. It's sure marketing. Is. They do it on purpose. Uh, even having a large uh, shopping cart. Mm-hmm can cause you to spend as much as 40% more. So if you grab one of those tiny shopping carts, you will spend less. If you grab a hand basket, yeah. you'll spend even less. A lot less because you have to carry all that weight. Yes. And you're going to stop at one point because yes. this gets too heavy. Yes. So that's very uh, interesting. Ashley showed me this really funny comic the other day. It's on something that we, we love to follow this guy on Instagram. And he posted and he said um, it was somebody handing chips and salsa at a restaurant. And it says, this is a gift with the implicit understanding that you will purchase more. <laughs> it's like, of course, when you go to a Mexican restaurant and they yeah. give you chips and salsa, yeah. it's a gift, but there's an implicit understanding that you're going to buy more. And so there, marketing is at play all over the place. And we it have is. social norms that are built in that cause us to spend when it might not actually benefit us. So we need to look at some remedies Absolutely. for how to deal with these things. Yeah. We need to look at how to be prepared to not fall prey to these marketing things we've been talking about. So, one of the things that you can do is to limit your exposure, right? Whether it's yeah. social media, whether it's your internet browsing, or whether it's your TV watching. It's really important to understand the more exposed you are to these platforms, to these um, engagements in, in the way you do things, is that you will have your guard go down over time, yeah, right? Like absolutely. you said, I'm scrolling through these social media posts, and after about 15, 20, I'm like, I need to get off. Yeah. I'm not feeling yeah. better. I'm feeling worse. Yeah. And I think just being aware that when we have more exposure to it, we are more likely to buy into things or do things that we shouldn't be doing with our money. So first of all, is just limit your exposure. Yeah. If you go on a TV fast and you just don't consume media for a month, uh, I know a lot of people that do that in November and they just take a month off of media. It's a really good time too, because that's when all the advertising really starts to drum up. Yep. Uh, so go on a fast. Uh, it might even be worth it to pay for the commercial free services. I would agree and with so, that. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. that's so interesting because you're going to pay actual dollars up front, yeah. but it may save you money on the back end. Uh, Ashley and I, we've been watching Hulu, mm -hmm. and there is just the regular version, and we paid an extra $4 or something a month. Right have commercial free right now part of that is just convenience i don't want to watch this commercial again yeah but it might actually save you money <laughs> it's very interesting well i noticed that when we're watching regular tv that at certain times of the day especially around dinner time they will play all these different commercials about you know chick-fil-a for you know any fast food restaurant you can think of and obviously what they're trying to do is get you to go for dinner instead of cooking your own dinner yeah. to go somewhere and yeah. buy it the other thing that it does is that it's not just about satisfying your hunger because there's times when I'm sitting watching TV, I just had dinner. Yeah. And I yeah. see a Sonic commercial for a Sonic Blast or some ice cream or something. And I'm like, oh, I feel like the craving that I want to go yeah. get that. So you have to understand this marketing is going to be in front of you when you're watching TV or commercial type of media. Anything that's that has commercials in it. Even with like YouTube, right? 
you can't watch a YouTube video today without having some kind oh, of commercial pop up. Yep. Yep. And, and and they're not to the point now where you can just, you know, X them off. They actually stop your video right. and you have to watch 15, 20 seconds of yeah. this thing. And there are ways to limit that or remove that by paying the premium in mm-hmm. order to have the commercial free. And I agree with you. I think the extra twenty to thirty to fifty dollars a year is better than going out and spending a hundred dollars on something because you couldn't take it anymore yeah (laughs) yeah i I think it's incredibly interesting because i'm very much averse to spending extra on something especially the monthly thing right especially a monthly thing but it might actually make sense uh, depending on what services you're using another thing that's great is just to unsubscribe from all the useless emails that you Mm -hmm. get so there's a service out there called unenroll or unroll.me and you can Google, you know, services that help you unsubscribe, but this one is just called unroll.me. And I went and used it myself and down, I didn't download it. You just log in and it goes through your inbox and it finds out what you're subscribed to. And it tells you, are you sure you want to be subscribed to this? Are yeah. you sure you want to be subscribed to this? Yeah. And you can just unsubscribe from a bunch of services all at once. And it's very simple and easy. Yeah, that's um, good. Another great way is just to clean up your actual mailbox. So that's your email. Mm-hmm. But what about the mail that you're getting? Coupons, magazines things that you don't need you can go to dma choice and so just google it or go to dmachoice.com or maybe it's org but you can go in and you can have them stop sending you all the advertising and junking up your mailbox because that's mostly what we get today anyway. oh that's what i, I get mean, rarely do we get bills in the mail anymore because everything's right? electronic so most of our mail i would say at least 60 percent of it is just that yeah and so that's a great idea So another option is to use Adblock Plus. This will help you to surf the web without having all the annoying ads pop up, which is a distraction first and foremost, but it's also something that can influence you. And so if you can find a way to block those out, it'll limit your exposure to having these things pop up and not only distract you, but eventually have you take the bait. Yeah, it wears you down over time because Mm -hmm. you see that brand over and over and over again and your brain becomes accustomed to the brand, and you're more likely to make a purchase because you feel more comfortable with the brand than you did 10,000 views ago. Because mm-hmm. you've seen that brand 10,000 times, you now f- you just trust it more just because you've seen it. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. So one of the other remedies for marketing is just to be self-aware. Mm. Just to know that it's happening, mm-hmm. to realize that if you're buying something just because it's on sale, yeah. you actually haven't saved money, you just spent money. <laughs> yeah. uh, if we look at the average person's garage or attic or basement, we see that in America, people are running out of space because they just keep buying stuff yeah. and, and it just clutters up. And eventually there's a garage sale, but by then it's too late because yeah. really it's just this constant pattern of purchasing and buying. And people will do it. Oh, I saved money. I saved money. Don't be fooled. If, if something costs you $100 and it's on sale for 75 and you weren't going to buy it in the first place, you didn't just save 25 bucks. You spent 75 That's yeah, a direct that's quote from Mark Cuban. But it just cracks me up. Even Mark Cuban saying, you know, if you were going to, if you weren't going to buy it, you just, you just spent $75. You didn't save 25 So be aware. And I would say probably the most important part of avoiding the marketing machine is to make a plan, have a budget. This is something that David and I just have been living on for so long that we can't imagine living life without it because when we make decisions, they're always guided by our budget. How much did we set aside for this particular expense? And if we didn't set money aside for it, it makes it evident to us that this is something that's not within our plan. It's not a need. 
because if it would have been a need, it would have been included in our budget. So now we can approach it from a different perspective. Do we want it? If we want it, you know, we'll put it off for a few days and see if it was just an impulse. Yeah. If it was an impulse, then we can say, well, I'm glad I didn't buy it. So the idea here is if you have a plan, it's going to help you to stay on track, but you got to stick with it. Yeah. You can't just make a plan, leave it in your drawer or on your computer and say, I have a budget. No, a budget is something you use. It's active. You live with it every day. Yep. You plug information into it and it gives you feedback so you can make good buying decisions. Yeah. And then make a list before you go shopping. You know, any category. We've gone over this in our episodes six, seven, eight, and nine, where we broke down the categories of your budget to help you understand how to make those categories work where you're not overspending. Things like groceries, you know, everything that you're spending on, if you're not making a plan on how you're gonna spend it and you're not tracking it, well, you're going to fall. You're going to overspend, and then you're going to wonder, how did it happen? Well, if you have a budget, you stick with it, and you make lists, and you go out there with a plan, there's a good chance that you will stick with it, and you won't fall. You won't fall with these marketing schemes. Yeah, and the cool thing is if you have that plan in place, um, it's going to actually give you the opportunity to purchase things you know, in advance when things are on sale. So this is this is what's cool about what you said earlier, Leo. You had a plan in place for Christmas mm-hmm. and you're seven months through the year. So you have money set aside because yep. every month you've set aside money. Now you can take advantage of an actual sale right. because you're going to buy something anyway. You mm-hmm. are going to purchase for Christmas. You are going to buy something for someone, yep. but you can now decide, okay, it's summer. Are these sales good enough to buy now or should I wait? And if you see something that you think would be a benefit to someone in your life that you're going to buy anyway, you can use it. So if you have the plan in place early on, then you can take advantage of a deal. Exactly. But if you get sold by a marketing ploy, then you're spending money that you weren't going to spend anyway. Now you've just been fooled. And that's why you've got to be self-aware and make a list and have a plan in place. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. The planning makes all the difference. In fact, in the survey that we mentioned earlier from Charles Schwab, it talks about the difference between planners and non-planners, that planners were 78% more likely to pay bills and save each month rather than non-planners, and only 38% actually saved and paid the bills on time. That's crazy. So the difference is huge. Here's another one. 68% of planners have an emergency fund. Non-planners, 26%. Unbelievable. Automated portion of income goes to savings. For planners, it was 74%, meaning they have they have some kind of system that takes money out of their check before they even see it, 74%. Whereas non-planners, 25%. You see how big of a difference? We're not talking yeah. a few percentage point. We're talking about 25 versus 74. Yeah, It's huge. Something that we've said before, which is that when you have a budget in place and when you're managing your money that way, it has a positive impact in other areas of your life. It's how you think. Because you're a kind of person that's thinking through things. You're making decisions by thinking, processing, searching for wisdom, asking questions, seeking advice. And I think this is one of those things that if you're going to overcome this media marketing machine, you have to have a plan and you have to be aware. You have to do all the things that we talked about on the show. Yeah. So planners versus non-planners, you might think, okay, well, I mean, yeah, sure, a planner is going to obviously save more than a non-planner. Well, yeah, it's A, it's obvious, but B, it's statistically true. And you have the choice to become a planner or to maintain that lifestyle of having zero plan in place. And if you will put a plan in place, it will shift 
not just your finances. It's going to shift every area of your life. And so uh, that's what Leo and I go back to every time, every episode. It's number one in our steps. It's to spend on purpose. And then we talk about saving before you spend. Again, it relates to the plan. Number three is to increase your financial margin. Number four is to invest wisely. But it all starts with spending on purpose, which is having a plan in place. This plan, I, I love this survey because it really puts some dramatic numbers to mm-hmm. the value of having a plan in place, a 50% difference in savings, a 40% difference in having an emergency fund, uh, another 40% difference in paying your bills on time every month. That's staggering to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, if you don't have a written budget, you are hurting. And and we have the stats right here to prove it. Leo and I have 20, 30, 40 years of serving people and finances combined experience yeah. uh, that we can tell you. We've seen person after person after person that if they didn't have a plan in place, they hurt because of it. And so helping get that plan in place is a dramatic impact. Yeah. So I think it is part of having a plan in place, but also being self-aware. All the things that we mentioned, these things will help you in overcoming this marketing machine. And David, this also brings to mind something else. Uh, I watched a new Spider-Man movie, and in the movie, they make a reference to uh, Peter Parker's ability to sense when danger was coming, right? So when he was about to leave, his mom said, make sure that you listen to your Spidey tingle. Oh, yeah, his Peter tingle. (laughs) That's right. It was Peter tingle, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, Peter Parker's Peter tingle. (laughs) His that's, mom, his mom constantly reminded him about his right, Peter Tingle. Right. So my point is, though, is that we all need to have a Peter Tingle <laughs> to be aware. <laughs> or Spidey Sense. <laughs> or Spidey Sense when we are faced with marketing. That's right. right. That's and that's right. really the point is just be self-aware. Understand that companies are marketing to you all the time. Yes. And take this opportunity to do some marketing for us and share the podcast with a friend. Uh, Definitely reference the Peter Tingle. If you get a chance, find a way to squeeze (laughs) that in. Send it in a text message. Let people know that they need to check out Getting Money Right. They should come over to Leo's blog, leosabo.com. Check out the budget tool, the debt reduction tool, uh, all the cool resources that are there. Check out stewardshippastors.com and look at the book, Jesus on Money, and all the cool things that are coming out there, the people that are being served and how uh, good financial stewardship is literally going all over the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we we love having you with us. We would love for you to rate this podcast five stars and leave a little comment that helps other people find it in the iTunes store and on whatever app you're using or device you're using. Uh, But the most important thing you can do is just share it with a friend. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for your questions and your comments that you send in. Uh, We'd love to answer any questions that you have. And so we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we We can can keep keep getting money money right. If you have a plan, it's going to help you to stay on track, but you got to stick with it. Yeah. You can't just make a plan, leave it in your drawer or on your computer and say, I have a budget. No, a budget is something you use. It's active. You live with it every day. Yep. You plug information into it and it gives you feedback so you can make good buying decisions. Mm-hmm.